0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com parentingpodcast.
1: If we're being honest, the world seems like a scary place for all of us, especially for teens. And uh, if you're parenting a teen right now, there's good news because that child is probably listening to you more than you think they are. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. And Danny, as a family counselor, you see parents all the time. What are some of the common concerns that you hear about parents and their teens? Why do they come to you?
2: Well, one of them is they're seeing their their child not maintaining their faith. They're really uh, changing, becoming who they've hung out with, the friends they've chosen to be with. Uh, And it can be all the way from vaping to... uh, alcohol use, skipping school, anxiety, depression, those those big ones. And it can also be conflict, not knowing how to communicate now that they're teenagers and they have more opinion, uh, and they're challenging the faith, the belief that they've had all along in the home. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge worry. That's probably the deepest worry for Christian parents is we've invested all this time in trying our best to teach what we believe in our home about who Jesus Christ is he died on the cross, rose again, and and that the child now is a teenager challenging that and may not maintain that faith. That creates a lot of anxiety for parents.
1: Well, anxiety and fear that parents have is really what Dr. Gary Chapman was talking to Jim Daly about in this audio clip. Let's go ahead and listen in.
3: Gary, let me ask you this. We received a note from a, a woman named Becky, and I think this uh, sums up a little of our apprehensions as well. She said, my son is 12 and my daughter is 11. I've been reading books about teenagers and I'm scared. It seems like all teenagers are having sex, using drugs and carrying guns to school. Is it really that bad? Hmm. I think for a lot of parents, because of the news and because of what we see going on with the friends in the high schools and junior highs, we can be filled with fear and that can come through the relationship. How do we as Christian parents calm down?
0: Well, I think, Jim, we have to first of all recognize that it is true that things are not good in our society when it comes to teenage culture. And parents have a right to be concerned. On the other hand, we've had years to work with these children and to teach them the principles of Christ. And if they have seen those principles in us, we can be assured that we're going to continue to impact them. In fact, all research indicates that teenagers are impacted by their parents far more than by their peers. Hmm.
3: Now, it doesn't feel that way so often when you're parenting teenagers. It feels like you're pushing water uphill. Hmm. Um, How do we have that confidence that even though we have done hopefully the right job, and yet the music culture, the media culture uh, keeps grabbing and gnawing at them? How do you keep that confidence
0: I think a part of it, Jim, is recognizing that wherever the teenager is, we want to go there with them. Hmm. For example, in the music field. I remember when our son got interested in Buddy Holly. (laughs) (laughs) I got interested in Buddy Holly. I read read all the lyrics, and I picked out the ones I liked, and I said, Derek, listen to this, man. I like this line, you know? But whatever they're into, music-wise or otherwise, if you will go there, listen to the songs, interact with them, don't condemn it, not just you know, preaching sermons against it, but listening to something that might be positive and also listening to the negative, having discussions with them about it, walk with them through the process. This is where you're gonna have the greatest impact. Let me
3: uh, pose it this way. I think so often, especially again in Christian parenting, Uh, Some might say, well, that's capitulating. If I uh, express an interest in it, then I'm kind of giving myself over to it, and I should set the example. What would you say to that dad, for instance?
0: I'd say, you know, it doesn't mean that we agree with everything our teenager gets into. For example, they may get into another religion and study it deeply and come home talking about it. Well, rather than just saying, well, you know, that's wrong, and the Bible doesn't teach that. Listen to them, walk with them through that, let them tell you what they're learning, let them tell you about and then you start reading about that religion. So mm-hmm. you can also interact intelligently with them. Because the reality is, most teenagers, particularly older teenagers, are beginning that process and through college they'll go into that process of looking at other world religions and trying to ask themselves, what my folks said, is it really true? But that's good. That's a natural that's process. That's a natural process in which they're internalizing. We hope we're going to come to internalize the Christian faith.
1: It can be disconcerting when your child gets to the age where they start really questioning those things that you've really invested in them to uh, to grab onto, the faith in particular. And Danny, there are some things that parents have to know about when it comes to you know that child that's getting 16, 17, 18, maybe heading off to college or going off to live on their own, that can be a really fearful time for a lot of parents. Mm -hmm.
2: You're losing control. You feel like it. Like Uh, you ever had it. Yeah, like you ever had it. That's exactly right. (laughs) When did you have control? Uh, There's still plenty of influence left. And what they want to see is that you're consistent with what you've said you believe. You're consistent with the limits that you've set and that they make sense. I I also notice that uh, kids want to be noticed. Do you really know me? Do you know my interests? Do you know what I'm longing for? Do you know my fears? Do you know my deep insecurities? Do you show understanding in who I am as a person and what I'm seeing from my world? And that's where a parent has to pause, press pause on their own life, and enter their train of thought into where their uh, child is and try to imagine. What was it like to be that age? Hmm. And not that you have to allow things to be against what you believe, right, in your home. But what you want to do is show curiosity about where they're going, why they're interested in certain things, try to learn what they're talking about, and and, and spend some time discussing those. You don't have to become the cool parent. You can become the parent that is involved, interested, curious, and is a builder of, of who God is creating them to be. And not everything he needs to turn into an argument. Yeah. You can say, boy, that's interesting. Help me understand why you love that so much. Where, where did that start? And show that curiosity, and that will help you in that relationship. Okay,
1: so what do I do when that child starts to make it an argument point? It's no longer, well, I'm just telling, you know, Dad what I think or why I'm interested in this, that, or the other thing. Now I'm trying to argue for it because I want you to loosen up on the rules, Dad, and just let me do this.
2: Well, I mean that's not you're not here to make your children happy. you're here to teach them something and and what you don't have to enter that tornado with them. They can be in it on their own and you say, hey you know i'm I'm here because I love you and I really want the best for you. I want the very, very, very best for you and i'm not i I don't need to argue this with you. Just know that these are the limits that our home has. And when you're on your own, you can make those decisions. Yeah. And and one thing, I may be able to use this on the, this podcast, maybe not, is if you want to pay the stupid tax, that's on you. That's a tax that I've already paid plenty of times in my life that mm. I don't want to see you have to pay. And sometimes decision-making really lands us in places we didn't see coming. And uh, there are cones here that I want you to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, the
1: warning cones that say, hey, don't come this way. Yeah, yeah. And if you
2: want to go that way, you can. Just know I'm the best for you. And as long as you're in our home, these are the things you need to respect. The more they see that you're consistent with it, that you have limits, and that there's a reason for those limits, they may argue back, but they'll understand. And in time, they will respect that. Hmm. If you don't stick with that, in time, you will lose respect. And the communication will break down down the road.
1: Well, kids are way smarter than we often give them credit for. And as we said, teens are paying attention, man. They are really good at watching us to see how we're doing. Um, Listen, this book by Dr. Gary Chapman is going to be really helpful for you as you deal with with your teenager, Uh, The Five Love Languages of Teenagers. Get a copy when you donate to Focus on the Family today. Uh, Hit the website. The link is in the show notes and uh, make a donation or call. Uh, That number's in the notes as well. We have also some free digital content for you. You can download the entire conversation Jim Daly and I had with Gary Chapman Uh, Again, links in the show notes, Uh, but please follow up today. Get a hold of some of the good resources that Focus on the Family has to offer. Next time, we're going to hear from Arlene Pellicane as she talks about being okay with not being friends with your child. Danny just mentioned this. Until then, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.